Hello and welcome to More Like Guidelines, an actual play game design podcast. I am your host and game leader, Jessica Crimes, she, her, and I am joined today by... Hey, I'm Ben, he, him. I'm Norman Mundy, he, him. I'm Goji, he, they, and I hate my life and I hate being here. And I'm Kat, they, them, and I love being here. Oh, I'm glad. So we left off with a swarm of crabs invading the inn that our apparent heroes are staying in on the holiday resort town of Wixton. I am going to start with asking, what is one doing? I think one was in the process of jumping down uh, to chase the crab that she had thrown through the window uh, when suddenly the rest of the crabs burst through, I believe. Um, So I think that she is on a table, probably flapping around, getting in the way of somebody's uh, pint of ale um, and squawking furiously. Um, She still wants to find her crab. Okay, uh, in that case, it's going to be really, 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 really difficult, but give me an investigation or nature check, whichever is higher. Oh no, that is going to be uh, 11. You are absolutely certain that you have spotted your crab, but then it turns out that it is just one of the Nomic patron's colourful orange shoes. Aww. Oh no. At this point, people in the bar, well, yeah, there's a bar area of the inn where the front and back door both lead. People are starting to get really freaked out by this. Someone's looked out the window and seen the massive crabs starting to scuttle around the side. The crabs don't seem to be attacking anyone yet, but people are starting to panic and there is going to be a stampede soon. Um, I, uh, do a thing. Since we're not in combat anymore, right? No, we're not currently in combat. Um, can, uh, Norm step in and, uh, say, all right, all right, everyone, orderly lines to the front and back, no, just the front exits, please. I need to be absolutely certain that you understand that the crabs won't listen to this. He's sur- he knows the crabs won't listen. He's trying to get everyone else to evacuate. Okay, no, that's totally fine. In that case, give me... Are you going for intimidation here? Are you going for, I am big and I am telling you what to do? Or are you going more for just being persuasive? They're both the same. I'm going to say uh, uh, intimidation. Okay, character. give me an intimidation roll versus crowd. Uh, 14. Okay, in that case, you manage to intimidate everyone, but you don't get the desired effect from the intimidation. Everyone's now freaked out that there's crabs and a loud person with a hammer. (laughs) Uh, I will let one more person make an action before the crowd starts surging out the door and things at least probably go badly for a lot of the crabs. Um, I would like to try and pull off the gnome's shoe that I thought was crab. Okay. Uh, And Ben, what was it you said you were going to do? Uh, I was just going to jump out the window. (laughs) Okay, both of these things can happen. Uh, We'll resolve Fork first. Are you jumping to the side that has the large attack crabs or the side that does not? Uh, The side that doesn't. 
Okay, the side that doesn't leads a little bit deeper into the actual structure of the inn. Being essentially a small ruined castle, it has a courtyard. Uh, The buildings surrounding the courtyard aren't all entirely intact, and most of them aren't used, but you would be going further into essentially the complex. I would love to visit the courtyard headfirst. Yeah, sure. Give me an acrobatics check to neatly dive out the window. 22. Not bad at all. Okay, yeah. um, What gymnastics move do you do out this window? What does it look like? Uh, Senna's tuck. Okay. Ball. Yeah, you absolutely nail it. People would be impressed. We will get to the consequences of your actions (laughs) in a moment. Uh, Kat, can you please give me... Are you being sneaky about this? Um, yes, sneakily grabbing shoe. Okay, like undoing the laces and trying not to be mm-hmm. seen. And Okay, in that case, can you give me a slight of hand roll? That is going to be a 16. A 16. I am going to need to make a roll as well. This gentleman is so startled by the everything that he doesn't even notice you uh, carefully undoing his perfect double knot and slipping his shoe off of his foot. What are you going to do with it? I guess she will kind of, like, drag it under a table and peck experimentally at it, just in case it is a crab in disguise. Is one aware that crabs don't have laces? At this point, two things happen simultaneously. The uh, the gnome gentleman, whose shoe you have just stolen... Borrowed. Borrowed. He stands up, and his left foot, which is now clad only in a very old, um, holy sock, goes straight into some beer. And he yelps in surprise. At that exact moment, Fork does a perfect tuck jump through the open window into the courtyard. Everyone sees these two things happen simultaneously and immediately make for the doors. They are treading through this swarm of crabs. All of them would be taking damage as they do if I bothered to track it, but they are all getting hurt by this. And some people open the back door and immediately jump backwards as they see the three dog-sized crabs are back up there trying to get in through the narrow open door. You are essentially trapped in a swarm of people. Noticeably, you don't see Virgil around, and the staff on bar appears to be relatively light for so many people in here today. Were we standing, like, directly in the doorway, or were were we a little bit away from it? By this point, I assumed that you'd, like, entered the room. Okay. Okay, so we're, we're very much caught in this stampede. Yes. Okay, um, Norm is going to plant his feet and try to remain upright. Okay, uh, is anyone else doing differently? Um, are the crabs still, like, moving inside? They are now swarming t- um, to try and get behind the bar to the door to the staff-only area. Um, can one try to hop up onto the bar and see what they're doing? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, you do that easily. You don't need to roll for that. You can see that they are now slowly, because they're having to take turns essentially sliding under the door, which isn't perfectly set on the floor, crawling through into the staff-only area, which you haven't seen inside of. Um, I would like to try and follow them. Um, the door... The crack of the door isn't big enough to let you through. It's just these small crabs can squeeze their way through. You'd have to open the door to do that. Um, I guess she's going to hop back up onto the counter and um, call to her companions. Uh, over here! They're over here! Um, well, I mean, I know I said I was going to just plant my feet, but I could try and wade through the crowd of crabs and pedestrians toward them. I think Jim Squiggly is currently drowning. That's fine. <laughs> In fact, everyone apart from one, uh, everyone apart from one, please give me an endurance check. Is that a skill in this game? I have no idea. Don't know. What modifier would you like us to add? Um, it would be constitution. Okay, so that is a 22 from me. I got okay. Oh, I got an 18. Hey. Mm-hmm. Oh, 18. Oh, you're all fine. You managed to plant yourself. You know you know the drill. Feet shoulder width apart, knees slightly bent, back up, nice and straight. No problem. You have <laughs> had to um, <laughs> I wake. You've had to endure angry mobs before, I'm sure. Uh yeah, the people spill out, leaving you now in a room just with the original three big angry crabs paying attention to you and most of the swarm very slowly trickling its way through the door into the staff-only area. At this point, finally, you hear footsteps coming down from the upstairs area, and you see the magnificent starry purple robes, tall, glistening with rare gems, wizard's hat, and deep, booming voice of Virgil. He comes down the steps, reaches into his robes, his very wizardly robes, pulls out a small bottle and slams it on the ground, which lets out a deafening cracking sound, and the crabs all seem stunned. Virgil, did you have anything to do with this? Oh, sorry. (laughs) Sorry. No, please, go on. You're my guests. (laughs) I am just a humble innkeeper. You, uh, do you know why the crabs are here? Hmm. Uh, the crabs are standing totally still. They do seem fully stunned. None of them are injured by this. Some of them did get a little tread on, but for fun podcast reasons, are basically fine. Um, he bends down and picks one of them up and looks it in the eye and says, Nope. Nothing to do with me. Now let's get these all out of here. I think we all need a drink and a quiet time in our rooms. I think I need this crustacean out of my pants. And Jim just <laughs> pulls, pulls a fucking, like... So Jim Squiggly crab. canonically has crabs. Yes, now, now he does. Uh, that, specifically, that crab. was the crab that one threw into the room. That's the magic of podcasting. Okay, um, Norm is going to look back up at Virgil and say, uh, do you want us to deal with the big ones first, or should we get a bucket for the little ones? 
You get a bucket for the little ones. I have use for these three. Uh, 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 uh. Okay. Okay. All right, Captain <laughs> Let me uh, see if I can find a bucket. Um, one would like to flap over and drag him, fork. Like, attempt to drag fork towards the staff room door to open it. Um, okay. Uh, are you doing this stealthily? Oh, sorry. Yes, Candle. Fork is in the courtyard, isn't he? Oh, yeah, I am. Oh, of course. <laughs> yes, I forgot. I've never retained a piece of information in my life. Neither <laughs> have I. Uh, in that case, yeah, let's deal with Fork first. Yes, you have just landed with a perfect Olympic dismount pose. Arms in the air, 10 out of 10, outside the inn, when you hear Virgil's booming voice. And you, if you look back through the window, see everyone shoveling crabs. (laughs) (laughs) Fork, what do you do? So have the crabs stopped? They've frozen in place, essentially. Not magically, they're not like being held with like a leg up in the air, but they're just not moving. I guess I'll just open the door and walk back in. It takes a good couple of minutes to get them all scooped up into buckets and then essentially ferried back down to the sea. Yeah, it doesn't take you long to get them back down to the beach. One thing you do notice in particular, though, is as soon as they leave the premises of the inn, they do start squirming again. But we rejoin you, let's say, half an hour later. The three bigger crabs are gone, presumably somewhere deeper into the staff-only area. And Virgil, pours each of you your drink of choice. What is it? Milk. <laughs> okay, milk. Is it milk all round? Or... <laughs> we're, all, we're all just having some nice warm milk. <laughs> All right. In that case, yes. Um, It is, in fact, quite a bit later in the day. You all took some time to chill. You went out. You got a nice meal in Holiday Town. And then, yeah, Virgil, to essentially thank you for your help with clearing them out, said that he wanted to just, you know, hang out with you guys, have a chat, buy you a drink. Uh, And you're all drinking a nice warm glass of milk because you've all got a big day ahead of you tomorrow. Drinking the same one or...? (laughs) <laughs> I, I didn't assume so. Yes, we have straws. We have straws. Okay. <laughs> you have straws of, of radically varying heights, and you're all sharing a big glass of warm milk. Virgil is very much using his own dramatic golden goblet. And, well, this uh, is all very intimate, isn't it? I just wanted to thank you. Not even my own staff kept their heads when faced with this most dire of natural phenomena. Natural phenomena. <laughs> Nothing unnatural about this. Just a swarm of crabs coming from the ocean to, to a random establishment. I assume from the fact you managed to keep your head in there that you're in the industry. Which one? The adventuring industry, of course. Why, I even had the flirtation with it myself in my youth. But no, I am just a humble innkeep. Of course. You keep saying that really ominously, and I'm not, not really enjoying it. Uh, not loving the vibes. Just lo- leave the man. He's just a humble innkeep. You must regale me with stories of your adventures, of course, but that is not why I have brought you here. 
I figured... I would let you know of an opportunity that has presented itself. I know that you are not here to work, you are here to relax, but, well... The compensation is really most fascinating. Does it have anything to do with the crabs? It might. It might have to do with the reasons for many unfortunate happenings in this town. What other crabs? What other unfortunate happenings have there been? Your voice changes every other line. <laughs> it's just me trying to get all man. Tell me. Since you came to town, have you tried the well water? No. I don't drink water. I only drink There's milk. A kitty cat. That's what I thought. Since you've got here, I've only seen any of you drinking milk. <laughs> Which, you know, is completely normal for us. But not for anyone else. You must understand. I figured that you were aware. The well water in this town has turned sickly. Strange metal artifacts found floating in it. And hordes of animals descending upon my keep. I must know what is happening, and I can pay you. Well, handsomely. Okay, I'll take it. Oh, Jim. Is there any chance you could show us into the staff room? The staff room is... Hmm, I suppose we may as well kill two birds with one stone, if you'll pardon the saying. <laughs> Follow me, and I will bring you the first installment of your payment. And he turns and opens the door that the crabs were trying to get into, and I assume you follow him down. I do. Yeah, sure, why not? Yeah. Okay, let's take a quick break there, and we will see what is in the basement of Virgil's Keep in a couple of minutes. Hey all Jess here. I just wanted to take a moment to let you all know that The Carving Bones, an epistolary horror series by our very own Kendall Mutilinski, has just begun its second arc. Why did the Madigan Estate close so suddenly in 1918? What made it go dark? What killed the inhabitants? And what happened in those three months of silence before the bodies were discovered? With its focus on exploring this mystery through the letters of the estate's long-dead inhabitants and the emails of those currently trying to learn the dark secrets of the Madigan estate, The Carving Bones presents a uniquely compelling narrative that horror fans will be sure to find enthralling. You can find it for free at thecarvingbones.com and you can follow Candle on Twitter for regular updates at Candle Lantern. Links, as always, are in the episode description. The Carving Bones Concerning a love, a curse, and a hunger. Back to the show. And welcome back. So, you have just reached the bottom of a very, very dry, old, almost beginning to crumble stone staircase leading into what is apparently Virgil's Keeps staff area. Virgil, leading you, swings open the door at the bottom, and you step on in. Yeah. You yep. enter. Yeah. Objections here. Sorry? Said no objections. Okay. I don't know why I put on this <laughs> odd voice there. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, inside is what appears to be some kind of cross between an empty armory and a laboratory. Down, it's a fairly, fa- it's a fairly large hall. It looks like this would have once been part of the actual castle itself and a fairly major part. Most of it is just bare stone walls and floor. But in one corner, there is a very, very large machine. Who has the best familiarity with uh, machines and magical items of the party? Not me. Definitely not the bird. What? Okay, in that case, (laughs) Jim Squiggly, give me an arcana roll. (laughs) That's just a d20, right? Uh, D20 plus arcana. Uh, That is a 14. Okay, uh, you have absolutely no idea what this is. Cool. It looks like it uses a combination of divine, natural, and arcane magic to do something. And around it, so that is right in the corner of the room, just slightly offset from the wall. Um, and going from the corner down one side of the wall is essentially a long lab bench with rows and rows of different bits of equipment. And going the other direction out from the corner is essentially another bench and this one is covered in various smithing tools, lenses, things like that for investigating scales, balances. And just dotted around the hall are various empty armor racks, shield racks, mannequins without anything on them. And Virgil says, Welcome to my inner sanctum. I assume you must have questions, but first we must discuss your labors. I don't do labor. I get other people to do that for me. You delegate. Very well. I have explained to you the perils that have been coming to this town and to myself, but I have not been... I have not given you the entire story. Several months ago, various supplies from my laboratory began to go missing. Security was much laxer, but various expensive arcane reagents, alchemical formulae, specialized equipment started to go missing, and I could find no trace of who was doing that. Several weeks later, everything in the town started to go a little bit strange. Gradually, the well water grew darker and began to bring people a great sickness. Tiny metal shrapnel pieces were found floating in it. The animals began to behave strangely. The gift shop got replaced with a bin. Things are (laughs) odd here. And me? I am just a humble innkeeper. I have no adventuring experience. I could not possibly look into this matter on my lonesome, but you. You very much could. (laughs) (laughs) Nice evil laugh you got there. Thank you, I am part of the Town Amateur Dramatic Society. <laughs> yeah, that tracks. Are you interested? I'm interested. What about you, Mr. Squiggly? Mr. Squiggly can take some time out of his day. Alright. If you are not already fully committed, I have 
the first instalment of your payment, access to the Forge of Fortune. That sounds like something out of Neopets. <laughs> yeah, he um, he turns and dramatically like waves his hand towards the machine, presenting it like it's a new car on a game show. And he realizes that you are thoroughly unimpressed. You do not understand. With the right resources, the Forge of Fortune can grant you the most powerful relics your hearts desire. For adventurers such as yourselves, the chance to create such treasures. It is simply unmissable, no? Can it make uh, endless warm milk? It can make anything it desires. If you agree to take this job and to attempt it to the greatest of your abilities, I will allow you ongoing access to the Forge of Fortune. And now I will even provide you with the resources to operate it but once each. I'll give it a spin. You'll take the job? Wait, is it dangerous? It is unpredictable, unreliable, untrustable, but supremely powerful and supremely useful. I do not know what it is the Forge will smith for you, but I can assure you that it will be of use. Uh, so it has to be an item. It has to. So it has to be an item. So it has to be an item. I don't want to lean into it that much. <laughs> Look, either you lean into it, or you lean out of it. Are you better at this than me? <laughs> so it has to be an item, right? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. That's just it. The Forge of Fortune does not smith according to your will, but its own. What it will grant you, I cannot say. Mm. All right. Take this. And on the table in front of him... Virgil places three slabs of carved white wood. They have intricate runes carved into them of a style that I'll just tell you flat out none of you recognize. But if anyone wants to make an investigation roll into that, I mean an arcana roll into that, they'd be welcome to. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Okay. Yeah. Oh. That was a a five. I don't even need to add my... (laughs) Um, I got a no. uh, 17 for Arcana. Okay. Uh, one, you can tell that these seem to be n- naturally formed in some way. It doesn't seem like they've been carved. It seems like they've been grown, is the best way to put it. Uh, and there are four of them, one for each of you. In addition, the forge requires a stipend of gold to function. The more gold you put in, the more powerful the item you get out. Each time it also requires one of these tokens. That said, as part of your pay this time, I will provide you with the tokens and the gold. Thanks. Uh, Who would like to go first? Jim Squiggly cracks his knuckles. Okay. Um, Virgil shows you how the machine works. There is a small slot, almost like the coin slot on a piggy bank that you need to drop your token into. A drawer looking like the drawer on an old oven that you'd put wood into. 
uh, opens up and that's where you put your gold. Um, Virgil puts a fairly substantial sack of gold into there, closes the drawer and says, now you must simply pull the lever. Did you miss him? <laughs> I pulled the lever, yeah. Sorry, I take a second to process that voice. <laughs> the machine is... The machine is made of countless twisting interwoven pipes and different bodies that look like metal shells, almost like furnaces of their own right. As you pull the lever, you see jets of incredibly hot gas and steam flooding through these pipes. You see them twisting and letting out tiny little bursts of steam as they do. The furnace bodies begin to glow with an incredibly bright light and the slot that you put the money into in particular begins to shake and rattle. And then all of a sudden it all falls still. Goji, I need you to roll me a d20. All right. Don't kill me. Don't kill me. Don't kill me. Got a four. <laughs> okay. Um, that's not corresponding with how good they are. It's just um, I've come up with a load of fees and numbered them for each price range. Uh, that will give you a small leather pouch where the gold was. Just a small leather pouch? Nothing in it? A pocket? Oh, no, there's something in it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, inside is... 20 small glass spheres. Uh, Virgil takes a look at it and says, Hmm. I've seen one of these before in my catalogue. You see, I am not only a simple innkeeper, no. Forgive the deception, but I, Virgil the Wise, I'm also something of an amateur librarian. I have been keeping detailed accounts of this world's magical items. This is a bag of ghosts. A bag of ghosts. A bag of ghosts. It looks like specifically 20 in there. What the bag of ghosts does, Goji, is uh, it has essentially 20 charges. It doesn't recharge. You can use it 20 times and that's it. Each of the 20 marble-like glass spheres inside has a ghost in it. Some of them are friendly, some of them are not friendly, some of them are animals, some of them are monsters, some of them are humans. And you can, as a standard action, uh, take out and smash one of the marbles to summon a ghost. That's cool. Cool, free labor. Uh, like I said, some of them will be helpful, some of them won't. It's a bit of a wild card. Who would like cool. to go next? <laughs> uh, if you make a note of that in your items and make a note that you have 20 of them. I'll go next. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, you... I've just realised that you're going to have to pull the lever. The exact same process happens. The uh, I imagine you put the actual token itself into the machine... Um, I think one attempts to lift the token and then, like, hops up onto normal man's shoulder for some help. <laughs> Aww. Okay, you get that done. Um, Virgil loads the gold into the machine and says, well, pull the lever. Pull the lever, Kronk. Okay, uh, roll me a... Well, first of all, how do you do that? 
by landing on it and bouncing up and down. Give me Aww. a strength. Give me a strength roll. <laughs> Um, oh, I have minus three to strength. Hell yeah. That is a seven. That is not going to do it, I'm going to say. It's a heavy, it's a big chunky lever. Um, is it now? Is it a big chunky lever? <laughs> <laughs> um, you're going to have to find another way to do it. It's going to like look pointedly at um, <laughs> normal man. He, he reaches out and just presses gently down on, on one's head. <laughs> um, okay. Cat, give me an endurance. Um, endurance roll is a thing, isn't it? No. Um, do you want constitution? There's no endure. Yeah, give me a constitution saving throw. Uh, for the listeners, I've mostly played D&D 4th edition. This is based on 5th, so a lot of things are quite different. Um, and, oh, now you've got me saying endurance. Constitution is going to be a 10. Uh, yeah, it's it's not comfortable. Your feathers are a bit messed up. But eventually, the lever is depressed. And if you could roll me a d20, we'll see what item you get. That is a 16. A 16. Okay. Uh, bearing in mind, you are more than welcome to swap these items amongst yourselves. You get the Horn of Animal Artificery. It is a slender horn of sun-bleached bone carved with depictions of various animal tracks and inset with three small gemstones. Each each gemstone glows to indicate one charge, so it has three charges. When the horn is blown, it creates a friendly steed with size medium. The steed is made from whatever materials are freely available, such as stone, mud, and plant matter. Basically, oh, and it recharges one charge per day. It is a magic horn that, when blown, makes an animal for you to ride out of whatever's lying around. So that would be very useful for a magpie. Yeah. You ride on animals all the time. (laughs) All right. uh, Who would like to go next? I'll go. Okay. Um, Yep. Token in. Gold in. You pull the lever? Yep. I pull the lever. All right. Give me that d20 roll. Two. Two. Okay, a two. Um, as you pull this one out, you touch it and then immediately pull your finger back just reflexively because it's so cold. Virgil looks inside, grabs a nearby rag and picks up this solid iron hourglass. It's only small, but it's extraordinarily cold and it is hanging on a pendant chain. It is totally opaque, but it, when it moves, you can hear something sloshing inside. That. And uh, Virgil says to you, Hmm, this is a most peculiar item. Risk and reward. This is the iron hourglass. When held in one hand and activated, it stretches time for the user, allowing you to just keep on making extra basic attacks. Um, You can use it again and again in the same turn. When you decide to stop using it, it grows incredibly cold and can't be used again until you've had a long rest. But if you attack with the hourglass's power and miss, that attack hits you as a critical. Oh, Jesus. So you can keep on attacking with it, but um, if you miss, then you get hit and the effect ends. You can't attack again. So risk and reward, push your luck. 
if I miss the attack roll. Uh, if you miss the if you miss any of the attacks, yeah. So it's constantly deciding if you want to uh, stick or f- twist. <laughs> Okay. I don't play cards. I like um, again, if you think these might be better for the party distributed another way, that's totally fine. Just let me know what you decide. Who's next? I think it was Fork. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, pull the lever. Roll the die. Pull the lever, Fork. I understand that for some people this might not be the most gripping listening, but I love magic items. Plunk. Uh, you rolled a 20. Damn, okay. This time, the machine kind of plunders and rumbles for quite a bit longer, uh, to the point where Virgil stands up and lays a hand on what looks like it should be incredibly hot iron. Um, Just to, I suppose, vibe check it, eventually the machine settles down and there there is a series of clunks as several items manifest in the gold drawer. You open it up? Yeah. Hmm. It would seem fortune has favoured you, and you've been given an item of greater or commensurate value to 1,250 gold instead of just the 500 gold that we put in. Hmm. How lucky. Uh, Yeah, because you rolled a 20, you essentially got an item from the next tier up. Oh, damn. In terms of amount of money put in, but it is quite granular. Uh, this is the Consortium of Steel. It is plus one magic throwing knives, so it is a set of seven throwing knives that are slightly magical, meaning they deal more damage and are more likely to hit. But most importantly, they don't need you to actually be good at throwing them. They are used with um, either... They are used with your spell casting stat or the best spell casting stat that you have. So either your intelligence, wisdom, or charisma, because you wield them telepathically. That's awesome. They do still take up your normal attacks, but they automatically come back and are essentially remote control knives. Are they long range? Uh, Like 30 foot. Not bad. Cool. Um, So can we just go over what item everyone got from the Forge of Fortune this time. Just to remind us all. I got a bag full of ghost orbs. Okay, we got the bag of ghosts. Uh, Candle, can you remind me what normal man got? Uh, He got an hourglass that will either let me keep attacking ad infinitum or be very, very bad for my health. Okay. Cat, what did one get? One got a horn that conjures up an animal, well, uh, animal steed made of nearby materials. Okay, and what did Fark get? Some homing throwing knives. Okay, um, if you do want to swap around, like I say, you're welcome to. It might not be the best move for the bird to have the horse horn, but that is something for you guys to decide. Um, so I am quite happy for one to never have any um, equipment because, you know, <laughs> a bird. Um, so I am happy to allow someone else to carry the horn. Wait, can we double up? Like, have two? If you want to, yeah. Ian's These, got um, short little legs. I do have short little legs. Okay. None of this has to be permanent. You can swap them around freely as you go. But for now, 
Jim Squiggles is taking the Jim Squiggly is taking the horn. Would you like my bag of ghosts? That could be very funny. I like the idea of the bag of ghosts. I also like the idea of Jim just tossing them to one to drop on people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As and when. Orbital bombardment with ghosts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, okay. Good, good. You have your items and the oath is made. I have your word. You will deal with these problems. See if you can find out where my supplies have been pilfered to and stop the further deterioration of this perfect seaside resort. Is that clear? Yes. Yep. Yes, sir. Thanks. Thank you. I have also upgraded you to sweet rooms because, hey, I'm a generous guy. Thanks. Thank sweet. you. Okay. Um, You will be starting your adventure in the morning, but it is now late. You've already had your warm milk, and so I imagine you all head off to bed? Oh, I'm real sleepy. Is anyone doing anything interesting before going to crash and go on your grand adventure tomorrow? I'm I'm going to leave out uh, some of my leftover warm milk for... uh, <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> See if he takes it. Um, we will find out next week. Uh, does anyone try out their items? Just as one like, but one last point, because they will recharge when you get the long rest. I don't uh, see how I could. Jim is going to play some Candy Crush on his on his smartphone, which he definitely has. I can't. <laughs> I can't with Jim Squiggly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and am I am I to assume that no ghosts are being summoned yet? No ghosts are being summoned, just the ghost of a dead game. Okay. On that note then, we will end that there for today. I just want to quickly give a shout out to the Don't Hurt Birds Patreon and Discord. On the Discord, we have lots of lovely people talking about role-playing games, the podcast, the Carving Bones, all the different things that we meddle in, as well as just, you know, things what distract us. It's really great, really nice place. You should check it out. Go to at DHB underscore games on Twitter to get the link. In addition, our Patreon means that it is actually possible for us to do this show. Uh, we post things like bloopers, extended cuts sometimes of the episodes where it gets really silly. We're planning to have the character sheets up. So yeah, go check it out. If you can drop us a couple of quid, really, really helpful because we got bills. Yay. Yay. All right. Yay. That's it for us. I think we're all going to go crash so hard. So bye. 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 See ya. See you on the squiggle side. I like that one.